W270AF Murfreesboro. WGNS Murfreesboro. This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place the Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Welcome back into News Radio WGNS. This is the Action Line, and as we mentioned this morning, we're talking history. Uh, Rutherford County, Murfreesboro, surrounding areas. We're going to let you know, hopefully, teach you a couple things. And uh, our guests this morning, Eddie Smotherman and Frank Caperton. Guys, good morning. Good morning. Hey, Thanks Nick, for coming how are you? on and uh, joining us this morning. I think this is going to be a pretty interesting show. I've only lived here a few years myself. I'm a transplant, so I'm going to be learning some things this morning as well. And uh, pretty excited now we told the folks we'd open up the phone lines and text lines as well so uh, if you want to text us in a question that number 615-893-1450 uh so gentlemen i wanted to start off and just kind of ask you guys we could do a quick introduction and uh tell us how you got into researching and and finding this great history and uh, learning more about this great city and our our county well uh, one of my longtime friends is miss susan daniel and uh, Susan dragged me into the Histor- Rutherford County Historical Society, kicking and screaming, back in oh, about 1996 or 97. And it really kicked in about, uh, call it 2002, 2003, when we created our website, which is www.rutherfordtnhistory.org. And uh, I mean, we just kept adding and adding to it. In fact, we have almost 2,000 stories about Rutherford County history at that website. Um, I'm not, I didn't grow up here, but I've lived here most of my life, so I think I'm from here now. <laughs> Eddie, what about you? Uh, I've been here all my life, it, uh, and, and Murfreesboro's been really good to me. I mean, uh, but, but as a kid growing up here in Murfreesboro, I mean, in 17, or 1976, uh, uh, as a bicentennial project, Murfreesboro built Cannonsburg, and it was one of the very first uh, uh things that really got me interested in history because it had uh, all the old log cabins and the the stores and stuff of the past and uh when when i went down there the first time i was kind of like you know i'm not doing real well in history at high school but i i I certainly am interested in history (laughs) and uh so so i figured out that uh maybe local history was 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 where my intention should be and uh from that point forward you know we've got the, the old courthouse we've got oakland mansion we've got so many buildings here in murfreesboro that have such strong history and and you can learn so much just by walking around our town square so uh i think that's where my interest started so as you've lived here for 50-plus years, how have things changed, right? You look at the city now, and it probably doesn't look anything like it did back in 1970 when you were a kid. Uh, but what are some of the things that have stayed the same? Uh, I think our downtown area has, has held on to a lot of the history. Uh, if you look at the outskirts of Murfreesboro, the Medical Center Parkway area and stuff like that, you know, it's all new. And uh, I, I think we've tried to put restrictions in place as far as the codes and stuff like that and zoning uh, to make sure that those areas develop with a something that's more timeless than just something that's, you know, ultra modern and, and will go out of style or be dated. But uh, Murfreesboro, uh, you know, when I grew up here, we had Neely's Hatchery up off the square. We had uh, the Hub Store, uh, Cliffs, Cowan's, uh, 
rubies. Uh, you know, we we had shops that people would go to and shop, and that was kind of our mall. It was a uh, uh, downtown Murfreesboro was the place. I mean, it was the Hickory Hollow or the uh, Stones River Mall of today, and so. We, uh, when we look back at Murfreesboro and, and look at, um, you know, m- my childhood here as far as growing up in high school, we had Tom Thumbs, which was one of the cool places to hang out uh, when, when we were growing up. But uh, if you go back just probably the generation right before me, Jackson Heights and uh, Shoney's was the cruise. And so if you watched, you know, the Happy Days show, the, the cruising uh, of Murfreesboro was very much like what you would expect in the 1950s, 1960s. Uh, so it was small-town America, uh, probably had roughly 40,000 people at that time, and uh, then Nissan came along, and boom, it, you know, everything exploded. But uh, Murfreesboro suddenly became a destination point for, for the entire country. But uh, prior to that, Murfreesboro was, was kind of a sleepy little town that uh, was, was really enjoyable to grow up in. And uh, Frank Caperton joining us as well. And Frank, if you want to add to this, we'll uh, kind of ask both you guys. Uh, so right now we get a lot of uh, a lot of spillover from Nashville. A lot of folks come to Nashville. They end up in Murfreesboro. A lot of folks live in Nashville, work in Nashville, and you know come here and and kind of share this area. Has it always been like that when when you were growing up here? Were we kind of a um, a Nashville junior, if you will? I mean, we got we got a lot in common with Nashville, and again, a lot of that a lot of those folks kind of spill into Murfreesboro, and a lot of folks live here who work out of Nashville. Has that always been like that, or is Nashville maybe kind of on the boom right now as well, and that's that's become something new? Well, I moved here in the early 80s, and, of course, then if you wanted to go to a store, you had to, as far as like a chain store, um, you had to go to Nashville to do that. A lot of the restaurants, of course, then, as a young man, you didn't, uh, we didn't tend to value um, locally owned businesses as much as you do as you get older. So now everything I need right here in mm-hmm. Rutherford County. Eddie? And, and and exactly the same way. Nashville used to be a long ways off. I mean, it, you you would go through Smyrna, which was well known for the the speeding uh, trap that was there, and uh, but 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 Smyrna actually was a tremendous asset to this community. And there's so many people that live here now because of the base that was Smyrna uh, at Smyrna. And so during the '60s or so, we had uh, uh, people coming from all over the country who had, had never seen Murfreesboro, and, the, and a lot of the young soldiers and stuff they would come to town, and uh, uh, of course they were Air Force guys, and and they would come and hang around the skating rink and stuff like that. Uh, Jack Warren uh, ran the skating rink here in Murfreesboro. He and Smut, I guess, opened it up, uh, and uh, when when they opened the skating rink up here in Murfreesboro, um, they, uh, they they definitely opened up uh, what probably evolved into the Murfreesboro Parks and Recreation Department because prior to that, I mean, we only had a couple ball fields here in Murfreesboro. I mean, Oakland's and Grantland Rice were probably the only two ball fields I remember in my youth. And uh, so we, we, we've, we've definitely got a city that has uh, seen it's, it's night and day from compared to what it was. Eddie Smotherman and Frank Caperton are guests this morning on the Action Line. If you want to join the show, 615-893-1450. You can text us or give us a call to join the conversation. If you have an old story or just want to talk history with us, uh, give us a call, 615-893-1450. I know you guys do the uh, you talk history every every Saturday at the One Room Schoolhouse. Uh, why, why is that building significant? And if you could kind of talk about that, the history there, and, and why is that building the one you guys chose to kind of to have these meetings and, and teach people about history? Oh, how can we roll this into like less than f- six hours? The Rutherford County Historical Society was blessed to, um, to be gifted 
the 1840s Ransom Schoolhouse at 717 North Academy by uh, Mr. C.B. Arnett upon his passing. Um, that's our headquarters, and every Saturday we gather from 9 o'clock till noon for what we call coffee and conversation. No agenda, uh, dressed as you are, if you can stop by for five minutes or two hours. Uh, someone will bring uh, donuts, someone will bring sausage and biscuits. We always put on a pot of coffee. And, and some of the topics, um, in fact, I'm going to mention it on the air, We can't, I cannot remember the name of the guy who used to sell candy at the Rutherford County Courthouse. Uh, for decades, he was blind, but he could tell you if it's a one dollar or five dollar or counterfeit bill. But that's the kind of stuff that comes up, and we try to educate people. We learn as well. Yeah, and and Nick, I know one of our listeners. Uh, he he listens almost every morning. I hope he's listening today. Uh, Joe Feeney. Joe, if you're out there listening this morning, we would love for you to call in and, and tell us about the doghouse that was on the square because that's something that I'm always asked about, and I really know very little about it, and I know he knows a lot about that. So, Joe, if you're out there listening, please call in. All righty. Well, while we're waiting on that phone call, we have another caller who's waiting on the line. We're going to pull them in now. Good morning. You're on the action line. Hello. Hey, thanks for calling. Yeah. I didn't know if any of you ever rode the train that was in the basement of uh, Jackson Heights and played miniature golf down there. Absolutely. What great memory you just brought back. Uh, the, the pinball machines around the wall with the uh, train tracks in the uh, circle in the golf course and... Uh, the I think it was a little 18-hole miniature course, and uh, I think the toughest hole was the windmill. And uh, but but what what a great memory! Uh, it it was the arcade of Murfreesboro. It was under Jackson Heights. Uh, you could enter it from either the end of Jackson Heights, or you could go in from the uh, middle section uh, where the fountain was. And if you went that way, you had to walk through the wash arena and the dry cleaners downstairs before you would get into Playland. But uh, and, and there was also a gentleman. Uh, you, you mentioned a blind guy, uh, Mike uh, Lawrence, had his uh, bait shop down there. So it uh, it was always interesting to go down there and see Mike and uh, see see what the new fishing bait was as well as a child. So how is how has Murfreesboro over the years grown so much? And now you said we have everything. The department stores used to be in Nashville. You just have to travel. But now we have two of everything right here. Either way you go, the you know the city seems to just keep growing in every direction. Um, so that's great, but we've also maybe maintained that identity of an old an old town, right? We have that that square downtown, and uh, those, everybody's real personable, right? It seems like everybody knows everybody, but in reality, it's a big city that's grown so much. Uh, how do they maintain that balance? Well, I mean, there's a third of a million people in Rutherford County, and yet I'd say between us, goodness gracious, we know so many people from from Laverne to Dilton to to Bradeville, all these communities. We all know someone. We work hard to maintain. Uh, small town feel while well, we progress as well and uh, one last statement the um i say as i like to say i'll get tickled when people complain about growth and then i'll say well, where are you from i've been here 40 years but i didn't grow up here so we've all contributed to growth excellent well we're going to take another phone call now we go back to the phone lines and welcome in our next caller good morning you're on with the action line uh good morning are you um swamp shop I'm um, sorry, we actually just wrapped that up, ma'am, but if you want to text us, we will uh, certainly put that item up online for you. Oh, my goodness, I can't oh, I can't believe I missed it again. All right, thank you. All right, thank you very much. All right, bye-bye. And talk about some great history, right? Swapping Shop has been on the air for no for the shit. entirety of uh, WGNS, and uh, people, man, I'll tell you what, that is one of the things when I moved here, that was one of the first things I realized. People, uh, they love history around here, and they and they keep that going, and um, there, you know, there's so much great history to, to preserve, but people are, are passionate about it, and you guys are you guys are no uh, 
you know, no different than that. I wanted to, I wanted to ask you a little bit about maybe the sports atmosphere of Murfreesboro. We have MTSU. MTSU has some sports. Of course, the Titans moved here in 2000-ish. I think it was 1998, 1999. Um, what has that been like? 1996. Yeah. 1996. How, how has that been, uh, you know, since maybe growing up here in the 70s and the 80s with not a ton of, of sports influence? Now you have the Titans. You have MTSU sports. Um, or were people Grizzlies fans? Or do people maybe pull from Memphis and Atlanta? Or what, well, what is your thoughts there? I think traditionally the South has been college football. It really – it's never been about pro football. And, and, and of course, if you go back to uh, some of the great rivalries that uh, MTSU had over the years, I don't think there was one that was ever more um, exciting than the ba- uh, battle between Tennessee Tech and uh, uh, MTSU. So uh, from a college standpoint, that was it. Uh of course, in in downtown Murfreesboro, everybody would say, you know, the heydays of high school football were during the central years. But uh, we had many county schools, Kittrell and uh, oh wow, there was Walter Hill and, and at one time, yeah, and, and I mean, so we had schools. I mean, we're kind of going back to where we were with having so many high schools around the county. But uh, the uh, the rivalries between those two schools were, were phenomenal. And, I mean, even even Holloway School, I mean, they're so rich in history as far as their football and their battles with Shelbyville and stuff like that. It uh, The uh, really, really strong history of, of sports in Murfreesboro. And, and many, many great athletes have come out of our town. Do you think having so many high schools in the city and everybody uh, being so close as the city continues to grow makes these rivalries better and, you know, people – are maybe more intertwined with each other, and you know some of these high schools that are on opposite ends of the city. Well, uh, Murfreesboro is getting so big, you're, you're everybody's kind of in it together. You, you pass by these high schools, and you, whether you're by Blackman or Siegel or whatever it is, um, does that maybe intensify the rivalry? Well, the rivalry really, as far as high school football, was when Central split because you created Oakland and Riverdale, and 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 they were the purest of rivals. I mean, when when they played, uh, the Jones Field was full out there, so. Uh, we, we we had some great football games between Oakland and Riverdale, but uh, my son a few years back, uh, about five or six years ago, played for Blackman. He played quarterback out there. And I didn't realize that the rivalries have continued just as strong today as they were back then. Uh, the rivalry rivalry between Blackman and uh, Riverdale is is intense. The, 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 if you go to a basketball game between Oakland and Siegel, I mean, it's just you know, it's it's Katie bar the gate because somebody is going. You know, it's it's a rough game. It's it's an intense game, and so if you look at the the sports in Murfreesboro, we're still producing some phenomenal athletes. And um, if you look at the college level of of the recruits that are coming out of our town, and even the professional level, I mean, Jawan Jennings, who uh, played for Tennessee and is now gone on to the pros i mean uh he was he was the backup quarterback behind my son uh, it's one of my son's claims to fame it uh but uh but it uh the but if you look at uh the uh history of uh our local sports i mean we we've we've got a, a, a history that's second to none when it comes to sports we're gonna go back to the phone lines now for our next caller welcome aboard you're on the action line Good morning, Eddie and Frank. This is Carol White. Hey, Carol hey, White. Carol. <laughs> I was calling to let you know that the blind man in the courthouse's name is Aubrey Weatherly. Ah, uh, thank you. Thank That's you. It. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye, Bye. Bye, Carol. Thank so, you. 
now that now that we have the name, can we elaborate on that more? What is the story? What is the the history there? This is this is an interesting topic. Oh gosh, um, well if I had time, I'd go up on the website. We have articles about Aubrey Weatherly on our website. But I, again, he was here before I was. Um, that would be a good Truman Jones question, Truman, if you're listening in. But uh, understand that he sold candy and things like that inside the courthouse to pay his bills, and he was blind. But if you handed him say a one dollar bill and you owed him five he could tell you that's not what you owe me paraphrasing of course and and the interesting part as a kid we'd go into the courthouse and and we'd walk in and of course right there at the base of the steps was where the little concession stand was and uh the once you went in i mean you you never realized that the guy couldn't see because when you ordered a, a payday candy bar he would reach it straight into the case grab the payday you'd hand him the money He'd fill of it, and then he'd put it in the register, and he'd count your change back to you and hand you your candy bar. And, and you would never have known had 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 somebody not pointed it out to you. But, uh, but yeah, what, what an amazing guy. And uh, we, we've had several, several people in our community that uh, have uh, really, you know, overcame obstacles and, uh, and, and been extremely successful business people. Now, can you remember a time where anybody maybe tried to pull a fast one and then handed him a one when it was a five and actually saw him maybe say, this isn't this isn't that? I would think after a while there'd be somebody who would try to be clever and, and try to pull a trick, but it sounds like he was on top of it. Sounds like it. <laughs> I, I think it was a kinder, gentler place at that time, and I really don't know that anybody would try to get one over on the guy. It, uh, he, uh, he, he was such a nice guy, I don't know how you would even try. Eddie Smotherman and Frank Caperton are guests this morning. We're talking history for Murfreesboro, Rutherford County. If you want to give us a call, 615-893-1450, or you could simply text us. Speaking of which, we're going to go over to the text line now. We have somebody asking about Black Cat Cave. Simply, they said, talk about Black Cat Cave. Do we do we know anything about Black Cat Cave? Okay, Black Cat Cave was uh, also known as Rainbow Cave. Um, it was out uh, straight across the street from the VA hospital. Uh, it was on the VA property until the 231 got dis- redesigned, and when they did, they separated Black Cat Cave from the property of the uh, VA. But uh, Black Cat Cave was, it, it, historically, we had always thought that it went back to Prohibition and, uh, and, and the Rainbow Saloon or Rainbow Lounge uh, was, was well known for a speakeasy during the, the Prohibition time. And uh, that cave uh, manufactured its own alcohol down there. And and it was an interesting place to look at because uh, the way the place was designed, it had a ballroom uh, inside the building. It had a kitchen kitchen inside the building, um, or inside the cave, I should say. It had a building front on it. It actually looked from the outside of it. It looks like a building. Uh, and uh, but once you went through the front door, you realized very quickly that you were not inside a building; you were inside a cavern. And so, uh, but you hear about the dances and stuff that they had down there. There was supposedly a uh, crystal ball that hung from the ceiling, and uh, 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 a lot of stories about that. Uh, a couple years back, it took a significant turn because Black Cat Cave. Uh, uh, we had we had thought it went back to the 20s and 30s. Uh, what we immediately found out when some vandals went in and broke up the concrete uh, slab floor in the entrance of the building, uh, who, were, who were obviously looking for arrowheads or something like that, maybe where some Indians or something had stayed in it. And uh, what they discovered was once they started digging, they were into basically a, uh, a cemetery that uh, is anywhere from probably... 5,000 to 7,500 years old 
and so the uh, they, they actually dug up several skulls. Uh, I think there was about twelve bodies that were actually found underneath the floor there that had we we actually found it in the spoils pile next to uh, where they had dug. And uh, it's safe to say that they probably did find some some prehistoric or uh, some artifacts that uh, go back uh, and have significant history on them. But uh, of, of what remained, uh, MTSU got involved, and when MTSU got involved, they went in and did a, a true archaeological study, uh, which meant they were evaluating some of the uh, stuff that had been done on the walls as far as uh, charcoal or smoke painting. Um, there was a, um, a, a a lot of artifacts that were found as far as the bones and stuff that they could tell about uh, the um, the people that were there and and uh, one of the um, and, and 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 everything just about I think has been returned to its actual site now. Uh, but one of the uh, things that was very interesting was when uh, in, in one of the graves that was there, uh, the person had been buried with their dog. So so it was you know you know that dogs were domesticated at that time period. So it um, but that is that is when the very first dogs were domesticated. Uh, prior to that, there was question about whether or not there were even people in this area. So Walter Hill is probably you know got a lot more history than what uh, we even knew, but. Uh, it's uh, it's always interesting uh, to hear more and more discoveries that come out of that cave. You know, um, Eddie Smotherman was speaking of um, how there's some cool pictures of what it looked like. If you go up to RutherfordTNHistory.org, look in the upper right-hand corner, and there's this big white box that says search. Type in Black Cat Cave. There's 10 or 12 articles on Black Cat Cave, including a video that the city shot a few years ago. But if you scroll on down, there's a 1933 picture of the exterior of the cave when it was a speakeasy. It looks like someone built a house or a business into a sinkhole. Um, no better way to put it. Um, but, gosh, that website's got all kinds of stuff. Follow us on Facebook as well, Rutherford yeah. County, Tennessee History. We have almost 5,000 followers. A big shout-out to the Carol Robertson White. She maintains the Facebook page, and just she's amazing. And, Frank, one of the things that, that did survive uh, and still survives inside that uh, building is, is there's a small opening uh, in one of the walls that was built. And, and there's stone walls built all the way through the, the cavern. But one of the openings, uh, supposedly there was a table in front of it, and if the revenuers or somebody showed up at the front door that wasn't supposed to be at the, uh, the cavern... Uh, you could go. You could just simply move a table out of the way, and all of a sudden, everybody would go through this little two-foot hole, and you would spring up further back on the property uh, through a through a little opening. Or it's it's really more of a drainage ditch than anything. But uh, there was a way out of the cavern on the backside, and it, and it even runs back to the pond that's over on the VA's property. So, so on the other were, side of the highway. Yeah, on the other wow. side of the highway. So there are back exits uh, to this uh, cavern, but. Uh, the uh, but it's 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 blocked off now. It's it's not open to the public. Uh, you can you can see it from the little roadside area that you can stop there and and look down and see where the cavern is. But uh, it's been securely um, uh, modified now so that you can't actually go into it. But you can see where it was. And uh, the reason uh, it, it is designed like it is is because there are, there is quite a bit of bat activity that comes in and out of the cave. So they've designed it so that the bats can still come and go freely. But uh, we um, we just didn't want people in there disturbing what is truly a cemetery. 
And, of course, uh, Frank was showing us, uh, uh, folks who are uh, listening right now wouldn't be able to see, of course, but here in the studio we're kind of passing the phone around looking at those pictures, and they are really neat looking. And, um, you know, just to have pictures like that and have to have that kind of stuff uh, restored is, is pretty neat. And I uh, recommend anybody out there who's listening, hearing about Black Cat Cave, to go check that picture out to kind of give yourself a visual and, uh, you know, learn more about that. That's, you know, cool that you guys have those those types of things preserved and uh, able to able to share those types of stories. We had a listener who was asking, they said, uh, Murfreesboro, you know, has a lot of good sports history. Uh, anybody, uh, musicians that have passed through that, that ring a bell or any, any kind of uh, stories as far as that? Of course, Uncle Dave Macon Days right here in Murfreesboro is a, is a great tradition. But right. anything in that category that you guys would share? Well, you know, Nick, one of the things we pride ourselves on is what I call the nuances of local history. For example, uh, Scott Walker from where? WGNS Radio. Went out and shot a few pictures of what used to be called the El Dorado Club, I believe. Right, right. Where Jimi Hendrix played back in the late 50s just outside the community once known as Cemetery, which was an African-American community, mostly about where the Stones River National Battlefield is. And even I did, had never heard of this. The ruins are still there. And p- anyone can overturn, or I should say uncover, history. But Jimi Hendrix played here in Rutherford County. Like you say, Uncle Dave Macon, um, Jimmy C. Newman moved here. The, um, you know, what, Newman Roads, I think, is named for him? Right, right. <laughs> It's yeah. like a hotbed for yeah, music. Yeah, I, I talked to Jimmy C. Newman a while back, and, 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 and uh, he's since passed. But uh, but but it, it was interesting talking to him because we were working on a uh, event for Uncle Dave making days, and 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 of course the last person finally comes off the bus, and I'm standing next to Jimmy C. Newman, and he said he said, "Well, there's the big star," and I said, "What do you mean?" And he said, "Always, whenever the tour bus stops, the last person off the bus is the big star." <laughs> and I said, "Okay, I get it." So, so that particular year, it uh, I, I think it was um, God, I don't even remember who it was that year, but uh, the uh, Rhonda Vincent, I think, is who it was. But uh, we. Uh, we, we we have a strong history, and of course, the old time music and stuff that uh, Uncle Dave Macon played, uh, no doubt, uh, changed uh, not just Murfreesboro in our area, but it expanded uh, to New York and vaudeville and and that type of show. So, uh, the the Appalachian type music that came out of the Eastern Hills of Tennessee and uh, North Carolina, uh, it uh, it truly changed the. Uh, the, the realm of music for the world, but I mean, you know, it, it's basically what evolved into country music, and and it's what we now refer to as the Nashville sound or uh, the music that comes out of Nashville. Well, you know, it seems like Murfreesboro has, has so much history that stands on its own, and then being so close to Nashville, some of that kind of spills over. And you know, Charlie Daniels' funeral was right here in Murfreesboro, and there was the who's who of country music, and just about everybody else, um, you know, was showing up right here in Murfreesboro for that funeral. So, um, you know, you can kind of double dip, right? Murfreesboro has all of its own history that that stands alone, and then a lot of that um, Nashville history kind of spills into Murfreesboro. A lot of those musicians live around here and, and have lived here and, and, and been through here. And, uh, you know, over the years there's been some cool venues. Even the Murphy Center would have concerts, um, some big productions, some big concerts and like Volunteer that. Volunteer so, jam. I mean, yeah. there, there has never been anybody filled the uh, Murphy Center better than Charlie Daniels and Volunteer Jam when uh, the, the artists that he brought in were world-class acts. I mean, it, uh, it wasn't just a local event that uh, brought in people from from nashville or this area i mean there were people that were coming from california and florida and all over the country to perform at volunteer jam 
Our guests this morning, Eddie Smotherman and Frank Caperton, and we're talking history for Rutherford County and Murfreesboro. If you'd like to call or join the show, 615-893-1450, or you can text us, and we've got a couple of text messages that came through. We're going to get to those throughout the hour. Um, the next one, somebody was asking about, uh, and kind of just going down the line here, but uh, the history of, of food in Murfreesboro and entertainment and uh, maybe some old restaurants and things like that that maybe you guys remember that have been here for a while or some restaurants back in the day that maybe aren't here anymore, but... Uh, what is a good representation of, of food and entertainment in Murfreesboro in that way? Well, I think back to um, back into the uh, mid to late 80s, we used to call it O'Tratneys because there were three restaurants. We used to call them fern bars. Remember everything? They had ferns and the mauve and the hunter green. All the restaurants were in that. You had trappers, you had trotters, and you had Chesneys. Oh, and O'Charlie. So we kind of combined all the names since they were very similar. But how many people remember trappers and trotters? Well, and let's keep going back there. Let's talk about the Regal Cream, the yeah. Rebel Maid, Frosty. the Snow White, the Frost, Frost Top, Top Drive-In. Uh, very, very local change, but, uh, you know, there was nobody that had a uh, root beer Frosty better than the frozen mug at Frost Top Drive-In. Uh, and, and, it, and even up on our square, we had... Uh, uh, Don's Kitchen Corner, but we also had uh, a lot of drugstores uh, around the square at that time that all had little places that you could sit down and eat, and uh, Stickney and Griffiths, I mean, uh, every time I say that, I think of butter pecan ice cream because it uh, it, it just happened to be on my way walking from Critchlow uh, School back home. And it was actually out of my way, <laughs> but, but but how do you not go to Stickney Griffiths and get a, a scoop of ice cream after you get out of school? And uh, but uh, really, really wonderful downtown area. Uh, the the food, I mean, uh, you know, if you get off into the collard greens and the the, the things that we ate back then that uh, maybe uh, aren't quite as uh, re- readily available. Uh, but uh, when when you talk to people about turnip greens today, you know, I talk to people here that come from the north, and they're like, "You eat the green part of a turnip," and it's kind of like, "Yeah, that was the best part." I mean, it. Uh, but it uh, it's it, we we have a, a a great history in food. And how in the world, Eddie, can we not mention City Cafe, which we think is the oldest continually. Uh, operated restaurant in Tennessee. We don't have proof yet. We've reached out to the Tennessee um, State Library and Archives and heard back 120 years in business yeah, this past yeah. February. And and and, and you know it, it just came to my mind uh, the the back used to be when when you would have a death in a family in Murfreesboro. Everybody would go to the funeral home, but not just would they go to visit, but they would carry food. And, and there would be these huge layouts of food. And uh, we recently lost Bubba Woodfin, uh, not a better man ever in Murfreesboro. But uh, we, when we uh, we lost Bubba, we, we, we lost somebody who, who would always prepare a skillet of cornbread. And when the family would come in, he'd have a skillet of cornbread for him. So, so I think even during the grieving process, we've always gone back to food in Murfreesboro. See, I didn't even know that. This is the kind of stuff we talk about at the Ransom Schoolhouse every Saturday morning from 9 to noon at 717 North Academy. That's how we learn stuff is by sharing. We try to document it, at least get it um, documented to that website. If someone has some old photos, everyone's known me as Frank the Computer Guy since the War of 1812, so I try my best to very um, be prompt in digitizing those photos or films or whatever, get them back to them in a timely fashion. 
um, and share this local history. It's all in our closets. It's in our attics. It's pictures curling up in the shoebox up in the attic. And we've got to preserve these memories for folks. Frank, tell us about what the VA gave us uh, about oh, a year or so back. About, uh, about a year and a half ago, we get a call from the, the archivist at the VA, and uh, they were looking for a place to contribute, we'll say, about 10,000 photos the, the Veterans Administration, Alvin C. York VA Hospitals, built in eight, uh, 18, listen to me, 1939, and these include the original plats all the way down to pictures of Boy Scout troops out there. Um, also, they gave us not one, but two very cool tables that allegedly are, were made from the timbers of the White House when it was remodeled during Andrew Jackson's uh, reign oh, wow. during his time in office. And one of those tables is here. The other one's on, I'm going to call it loan or permanent loan to Oakland's mansion. Um, I mean, wow. I mean, how many places can claim to have a table that's in great shape? Yeah, and there's a plaque on the top of the table that says it was uh, manufactured from uh, ceiling boards, I think it was, after the, the, the White House had burnt. They remodeled, and, and th- these timbers came from that reconstruction or remodel job and so it uh, it's it's a it's it's a beautiful table i mean if like frank said any saturday morning from nine o'clock till uh noon uh 717 north academy Street is a place to be in murfreesboro if you want to know about history absolutely we had uh two text messages come in that were referring to the university so we'll kind of uh combine these into one one question but talk about uh, when MTSU showed up, before and after, and, and the process was it was it a big deal? I mean, you guys are going to move this giant university into Murfreesboro. That's probably a big reason why it's grown like it has. Talk about that process. Well, at the turn of the century, um, they were wanting to build um, three. What did they land grant schools? One in right. East, one in Middle, one in West Tennessee. Actually, four. Was TSU, it four? TSU was one right. of them. You're right. Yeah. You're right. And. There was a lot of competition for the one that was going to go into Middle Tennessee with towns such as Franklin and Gallatin and such. And we had some some forward thinkers. We had, uh, um, I'm lost, Um, Andrew Todd, um, former mayor, state senator. Um, You had a Harrison. There were several people that wanted it in Murfreesboro. Some of the reasons were, um, well, they'd make a lot more money when they start selling land and such. And um, well, county historian Greg Tucker, who's also with the Rutherford County Historical Society is a great resource for that. Caught me off guard with that one, caller. <laughs> but 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 East Tennessee got one, which was East Tennessee State University. Memphis State was a, was one of the schools. Uh, TSU was one of the schools, and and Murfreesboro got the normal school, which was uh, considered a school for teachers, and it was primarily ladies only. And so it evolved uh, into a college, and then it evolved into a university, which has 24,000 students or so out there today. So it, uh, it, it has gone through a tremendous change and, uh, and, and phenomenal growth, but uh, very humble beginnings. I think it was around 1911 that the university was actually established, and uh, it's, um, it's, it's a beautiful campus. Anybody in, in Murfreesboro that's not familiar with the campus, I encourage you to go out there and ride around and uh, just ride through the campus. Right now is a great time to go through because it, uh, it's pretty much cleared out uh, of students, and uh, it's, uh, it's a great time to look at the campus and see some of the, the monuments and the architecture and, and the, uh, the beautiful buildings and, and the continuous construction and growth of the university is phenomenal. We also, on the topic of education, I was honored to be the photographer at Holloway High School, Mark of Dedication. You were there as well last year, last summer, Eddie. And uh, 
you know, to see the history, the African-American history that's in this town is phenomenal. I'm going to quote my old friend who was one of my history mentors, Dr. George Smith, uh, when he said, history doesn't know color. And to see the old Holloway High School be honored the way it was uh, before integration was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, and, and a couple years back, Frank and I were over here at the, the police station, and we opened up a time capsule and uh, to, to connect the time capsule with the university. Uh, one of the things we found inside the time capsule was a pic- photograph, but it was also a pair of shoes, which we now have at the Ransom School. And uh, beautiful pink high heel shoes, but they belong to Miss Mary of Miss Mary Hall at the university. And so, at uh, the, we do have some artifacts at uh, Ransom School that uh, recognize uh, those people who contributed to uh, education back then. And, uh, and and you know, it's again, it's a beautiful campus. Nick, you got to stop by, and listeners as well, stop by and visit us because we have all kinds of artifacts, but we have the coolest train set in Rutherford County. It's not a replica, but it's built upon the bones of our square and train going around it. Very yeah, it's cool. got the courthouse on it. It's yeah. got uh, a lot of the, the local fly businesses. Is on yeah. the courthouse. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so, so, and I think that's where the children light up. I, you know, a lot of people say, "Well, you know, my grandkids wouldn't be interested in coming in and looking at a bunch of books and and uh, just you know a classroom or something like that." Although we do have the original. Uh, tablet, I think, <laughs> in one of the classrooms. It uh, it slate was slate tablet. It's a slate tablet, uh, and and talking about recycling, that was before people <laughs> wadded up paper and threw it away. When they'd write on something, they'd erase it and they'd reuse it. And, we we uh, call it an iPad. And, you don't even have to plug in. There you go. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it uh, the the one room classroom. Uh, it's it's restored to original appearance, and uh, you know, and you and you can look around and see. The difference between the classrooms today with the whiteboards and stuff and 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 what the the old chalkboards and stuff used to look like yeah the uh, tablet in the classroom takes on a whole new meeting now right a little bit of a little bit of a different <laughs> meaning than uh, than what you guys mean there so uh, about 10 minutes left we wanted to let folks know if they want to text any more questions in or give us a call we are uh, getting close to the end of the show so if you're thinking about calling us or wanting to call us this is the time to do it 615-893-1450 we go back now to the text line and we got uh, somebody asking about and uh, somebody asking about the uh, expressways and the highways when they were built and kind of pushed through murfreesboro how did that change things how did things how did things change up when 24 was built and uh, all this all this interstate traffic was just running right through murfreesboro well i'm going to chime in briefly again i moved here around 1984 and I think back to what we call Thompson Lane now that runs behind the battlefield. That wasn't there until 1992. Remember, Eddie? Yes. And it was thanks to a former county commissioner and then um, uh, became state um, uh, representative, Mike Lyles, who pushed through what was known locally as the Thompson Lane extension to get that bridge built. Because at that time, if you're on Thompson Lane headed west to get to the interstate, it stopped and dead-ended into broad. So you had to go down Van Cleve Lane. He had to go through the battlefield and then turn on what was called Manson, now called Wilkinson Pike, and to get to the interstate. Well, let's go back further than that, Frank. Uh, the Dixie Highway used to run through Murfreesboro. Yeah. And uh, if you were going from Chicago to Miami, you were coming through Murfreesboro. And when we look back at uh, the uh, the way the road came, basically it would come down to Nashville. Highway 41 would come into Murfreesboro. You would go... Uh, basically almost around the square it ran about a block away from the square 
And uh, once it came through Murfreesboro, it would head out Manny Avenue, and uh, 41 would follow on up through uh, towards Manchester. But uh, but that was before Broad Street. And then uh, the Bottoms area, which was located uh, basically where the radio station here is, uh, which is very close to Broad Street, uh, it w- it was an area that uh, was it would flood frequently. Uh, anytime that the town creek would get, uh, we'd have a heavy rain. It would flood this area, and so uh, the the highway department came in. They uh, brought Broad Street uh, a, a, a little further away from the square, and everybody was kind of like, "Oh no, it's going to destroy our city." You know, it, we don't have the traffic coming through the downtown area again. And uh, so it, uh, but but it didn't have that effect. It just meant that more people came to town. It seemed like, and 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 there was that development along Broad Street. And then you go, you step forward in time again, and then all of a sudden it was the interstate that was going to pass. And uh, one of the last sections completed was the section uh, from Nashville to up to Manchester. And it was because the people in Murfreesboro really weren't that excited about having that interstate come through out there because it was going to draw traffic further away from the downtown area. And it was it was the, always that fear that people weren't going to turn and come into Murfreesboro. But uh, as, as history has now proven, uh, Murfreesboro has grown. Uh, we've got over 40,000 people who live on the west side of the interstate now. So it, uh, it's, Murfres- Murfreesboro has, has, has continued to grow as, as the, the road system has continued to improve. And uh, I, I guess the significance, if, if we look back, uh, even on the Civil War, it was the, the railroad track that came through Murfreesboro, uh, Nashville to Chattanooga Railway. And uh, so... The uh, and prior to that we had the riverways. I mean that uh, were significant, and Stones River was a significant river uh, at that time uh, with uh, traffic coming through the area. So, uh, you know, if you go from the the rivers to the the, the railroads to the, the 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 road, the highway system, and then the inter- interstate system, uh, there, there's 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 been continuous change, and and now we're looking maybe into the future and saying we may have a monorail at some point going to Nashville. So. Uh, I, th- I think we'll continue to see uh, evolution in our transportation system in this area. Well, I'll tell you what, guys, we're going to have to have a follow-up show. We are just about out of time, but there is uh, some text messages we didn't get to and some phone calls that um, that we had to, had to leave hanging, uh, but for now. But hopefully we can we can follow up and, and continue this and answer some more questions. Time flew by. I can't believe that was already the whole hour. Uh, but Eddie Smotherman, our guest this morning, is it Caperton? Caperton. Caperton. I apologize. I, I was I was mispronouncing right. that last name. But uh, Frank Caperton and Eddie Smotherman, our guest this morning, and you were going to say something? Uh, we, we can't leave without giving a big shout-out to a W. GNS does to preserve and promote our local history. And, 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 and to me, WGNS, I know y'all go by Good Neighbor Station, but it's the world's greatest news station. I, I can't tell you how much information I get from your station, and uh, you're, you're a blessing for our community. Thank you, guys. Well, we absolutely are uh, happy to do it and happy to have guys like you on and, and fill us in, answer these questions, and uh, teach us a little bit more about this wonderful city. So, uh, gentlemen, real quickly, if you could remind folks where they can find you on Saturday mornings. Uh, it, uh, the, I'm lost all of a sudden. The Ransom Schoolhouse, uh, we have a sign out front that Rutherford County Historical Society, 717 North Academy Street. And uh, I've got to mention, we're only $25 a year to join. What a bargain. And every penny goes to preserve and promote our local history. We're not a member of any state or national organizations. Every penny stays in Rutherford County. 
and and there is no admission. I mean, when yeah. people, I don't want anybody not to come because they're going. They're going to hit me up for twenty five bucks because that's yeah. not the case. We'll, we'll feed you. We'll, we'll feed you. <laughs> we'll we'll entertain you. It's 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 southern hospitality at its best. So we'd look forward to seeing everybody come by Ransom Schoolhouse on a Saturday morning. Awesome, guys. Well, it's been a lot of fun. Frank Caperton and Eddie Smotherman, our guests this morning. Gentlemen, until next time, thank you guys so much for coming on, and we'll have to do this again soon. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, Nate. All righty. Hey, Truman Show coming up next, and Rutherford Issues right around the corner. So keep it right here on News Radio WGNS. This is Peter Demas, and I invite your family to come and join our family back at Demas's Restaurants. One of the things that we have always done is we have been very careful with the way that we sanitize our tables. We have mandatory hand-washing stations. Our employees are required to wear masks. We are just overall just being very careful with everything that we are doing and the way we handle food, the way we handle plates to ensure everybody's safety as they return and start enjoying the dining room experience again. Demas's Restaurants on Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Here at Music World and Drummer's Den, we try to be a unique store, a pro-grade store, but one that also the beginner is going to feel comfortable in. So whether you're a beginning musician looking for those starter lessons or whether you're a pro player who really needs that pro equipment, that's what we want to be here for you. Hi, this is Tom. We offer a variety of lessons in guitar, bass, keyboard, and drum set. This is Dave Kivanemi inviting you to come by Music World and Drummer's Den in Murfreesboro across from Indian Hills. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio 